sports fans rejoice. You're listening to my team, my voice with MTMV Sports. And now, the time fight fans all across the globe have been waiting for. It's the MTMV main card with your man, The Voice. In the opposite corner, wearing a beautiful yet fictitious college t-shirt is none other than the man who thinks he's up two rounds to none this month but i am we have recorded the main card no you're not you're not you definitely lost last week you just in denial uh either way go see i i, I wasn't go, I, I was i was trying to start this nice but so then you, you had to start no because you already you threw shots in my t-shirt already they don't need to know it's fictional okay maybe well, I really I, hey i mean it, it, but it, it is the the famed hillman college you know uh if you know if you know you know Anyway. Yeah, but the, but the people listening, they they didn't care about that. But you know what? Yes, though? they do. You know they what do. though? You know what? My my Phillies are still in it. My Sixers are playing tonight. I don't even I don't even care about your hateration, the holleration, the voice. Okay, and they I called lose. you the voice. I ain't even call you voice. And okay. I'm, let me give you your interest because I you know I can. Well, you know I, I didn't I didn't get to finish mine. But go my mano e mano, my verbal sparring part, and you see we throwing haymakers from jump. None other than Wildress Ruffin. Thank you for that voice. Thank you for that. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the man, the myth, the legend, the flubberer of MTMV Combat Sports. Yes, I said it. Uh, it's the legendary, the voice. Uh, voice. You already know what we're doing. We're getting into combat sports. Are you ready for this? Yes, sir. Now, now All pre-show, day, every day and twice on Sunday. Now, pre-show, I'm not even going to tell him that you know, you verbally uh, attacked me about my pronunciations for things that you ain't got to pronounce, but it's all good. I did not see. Here, here we go. <laughs> with the tomfoolery and the falsehoods, but that's all right. Whatever's done in the dark will be brought to light. I'm, I'm up. I'm up to nothing. So if I take a loss this week, I'm fine with it. You know what I mean? You know, whatever. But let's get into it. So this past Saturday, uh, we had a legendary event, the Boxer Legacy event. Uh, which featured uh, Clarissa Shields and uh, Alicia Baumgartner actually winning in their bouts. Now, Mm -hmm. if you got a chance to see this, there were over 2 million viewers that tuned in on Sky Sports to watch the Boxer Legacy event. Uh, This was actually at the sold-out O2 Arena in London. Now, it was the most-watched women's professional boxing show in UK history. They actually set a new audience record uh, for live women's sports events on Sky. Now, it's considered a fight of the year contender, the, the main event was, and it was also screened <laughs> on 150 countries worldwide, including ESPN Plus in the USA, along with uh, BBC Radio and live broadcast. Now, uh, Voice, I want to get your thoughts on what you thought about the historic event, but I want to uh, lead you off with this. There were 35% ticket purchases and 40% of the Sky Sports television audience were female. Mm. This was considered an unprecedented percentage uh, for a professional boxing event. So, Voice, what did you think 
about the the historic uh, event that we saw this weekend, and what does it mean for women's boxing? I thought that it was an excellent event. One thing that I really loved about it, which made it very historic, is that not only was the main and the co-main women's only, the whole card was women's only. You said that 35% of the tickets sold and 40% of the viewing audience outside of the arena were was women. That's huge. That's huge for sports, period. I don't care what sport it is, male or female. Usually, the, the most of the people that are watching are men. Right. The fact that you had so many women that were there supporting it is huge that is major now as far as what it means for boxing and for women's boxing specifically it's raised the bar uh you said fight of the year and i heard clarissa say that at the end of the fight and i was like it was a good fight was not fight of the year can't be fight of the year when you win all but maybe three rounds it's got to be a little closer than that Whereas the fight of the year was also a women's fight. The fight of the year had set the bar previously, and that was Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano getting a million people to tune in. I want to say kudos to them because I've seen them both kind of, or I should say I've seen them go online and say, hey, we're so happy for what you all did. Uh, We're glad that uh, it happened the way it did. Way to elevate the sport. For women's boxing, one, this shows twice in a year women can sell. Because even when she says, like, yeah, you know, and, and women have never done it like this before. It's like, uh, you know, sold out in the ring. It was like, Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano sold out Madison Square Garden, the Mecca, early this year. They had a million people watching. Now, again, this, uh, uh, the amount of tickets sold was about the same, about 20000 each. The amount of viewership was higher. And, you know, uh, that's understandable. You're on what's, uh, you're on ESPN Plus and Sky Sports and things of that nature. Most people don't have the zone. So <laughs> you got to uh, you gotta weigh everything, uh, you know. So, But as far as reach is concerned, and as far as discussion is concerned, that one got a lot more than Taylor Serrano. Uh, though Taylor Serrano was excellent. Again, for the sport, it should raise a profile. Number one, it shows on two occasions women can do it. Women can headline. It's uh, it's not the 80s, 90s, 2000s, 20 teens anymore where HBO still had the women's boxes on dark. So this is this is a different day. It's a different age. And the women have shown we can carry a card. So hopefully we'll see more um more spotlight on the ladies definitely definitely got a lot of recognition uh it was number one trend, uh, trending on twitter uh on saturday and sunday which was actually amazing definitely a a, a great night a great event looking forward to seeing mm-hmm. more i believe uh boxer next is going to be had they're going to have uh natasha jones jonas uh, yeah natasha jones that's jonas. who i was talking about uh in, jones, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, she, she's going to be actually headlining the next event in Manchester, I believe, on November 12th. Um, so if you're if you're a fan, definitely make sure that you tune in. Um, so getting into another fight this past weekend, Deontay Wilder 
made his epic return and people loved it. Um, he actually fought uh, Robert Helenus, who was actually a friend and uh, former Spartan partner of his. Now, if you got a chance to see the press conference, uh, Wilder was asked if he was concerned over his friend and former training partner's condition. Um, and he expressed a lot of remorse. It was actually very um, uh, emotional. Uh, one of the things he said was, when you have a relationship with a man, when you love a man and you build a friendship with another man, although he's thousands of miles away from where you are, when you see things like that, you want to come to their aid. He said, I wanted to come to his aid, but they wouldn't let me, and I understood because he needed space. Now, later on, they did show that he was able to embrace him, um, and you kind of got to see Deontay be very emotional about it because he he truly was concerned uh, about Robert's uh, well-being after the fight. Uh, what's, what was your thought on Deontay's return and his thoughts on this press conference after? Uh, the return is just as I said. I suspected that he would do what he did, and he did just that, even faster than I really expected. Although, shouldn't have, because the last time he was in with lower-level opposition, he did the same thing. Now, granted, he had a lot more animus uh, towards uh, <laughs> the last person that he did this to, but it was still you know, a, a quick dispatching of the opponent. As far as the humanity shown, that was beautiful. And not only was it beautiful for me, it helped me with breathing a sigh of relief because, as I said in the lead up to this fight, I really wanted to see where Wilder's head was because, you know, he'd been talking out of his head for a couple years now. And I wanted to know, hey, do you still have what you need to have to be successful? And he showed that he had it in the ring. I mean, barely touched the man. He was gone. Um, but the, the humanity and the, the, the dignity and the, <laughs> uh, um, the eloquence, I, I laugh because uh, Deontay is uh, not always eloquent, but the eloquence that he was able to share his feelings with was absolutely phenomenal and uh it really helps with humanizing him mm -hmm. and i think it, it it lifts his profile and it, it lifts his status definitely i mean he, he has some great interviews actually leading up to it where you could see a slight change uh in his demeanor um he had a first round knockout uh over this weekend he's looking at get back in that that championship standing so uh congratulations to him um and we're glad that robert saw okay also uh now moving on to something that is shaking the ufc uh twitterverse so on october 17th uh cbo of ufc hunter campbell sent a letter uh to all of the ufc athletes and their teams explaining that they've updated their athletic code of conduct now, subsequently, what this does is it it actually does not no longer allow them to wager on UFC fights. So the organization now prohibits its fighters and those close to them with access to non-public information from wagering on all UFC fights. Now, this is going to be a big blow to many, as you know, uh, many fighters across all brands. They, you know, a lot of times this is actually how they make some of their money. You know, Floyd Mayweather does it on a consistent basis. 
So, what's, what what is your thought on this change, and how do you think this is going to affect things for UFC fighters moving further? Ooh, this uh, this is a huge, huge change. This is kind of in line with what they did, or not even in line, but puts you in the mind of what they did with the uniform policy. With the uniform policy, they took away fighters' abilities to get their own sponsors and and bring them to the cage. I can remember uh, the champ, Aljamain Sterling, saying when this went into effect. And Aljo was far from a champ then. But I can remember him saying when it went into effect, it was like, I make $20,000 in sponsorships now. I got to get up to the top level to get that. It's like, this is crazy. You know, you're cutting my money. And so many other people's money was cut, too, who had helped were those on the lower end who didn't really have sponsors. Uh, but for those who could get sponsors, who had decent management, it, it cut their money. Same thing with this. It, fighters are known. Fighters and um, and their, their family and friends are known for betting on fights. You see this all the time in, uh, in boxing. You'll see boxers, uh, you know, taking pictures of their tickets. Uh, of the money that they put down on I uh, just last week when Clarissa Shields was fighting you know someone said hey I got five grand I think it was uh, J-Rock Jason Rosario like hey I got five grand on uh, on my sis Clarissa Shields this is what you do in fight sports Mm -hmm. you're taking this away and again you're taking away money a lot of fighters will bet on themselves literally in order to make money as far as the fights are concerned this is major and even more reason why the antitrust lawsuit can't move fast enough because it's just it's not fair to them you you're putting all these restrictions in place yet you have no benefits you have no uh uh uh, steady income you know you're a uh contractor yet you have all these stipulations on you like you as an independent contractor you can't go and take your services to a different mma organization um you know when, when you want to you're there you know for an extended period of time and god forbid you become a champion now you're locked in even further so it, something's gotta give something's gotta give so the question i asked you before we go to break is with these changes, if this is upheld, do you think that affects uh, fighters' desires to go to the UFC in the future? It will affect those fighters who are looking at it from a business perspective. You have a number of uh, a number of high-level collegiate wrestlers, which is why I was surprised Bo Nickel uh, was able to get scooped up by the UFC. Because many of them will go to Bellator because they can still get their own sponsors. Now they don't have uh, these other things that that are over their heads. Uh, It's definitely going to make a difference when it comes time to negotiate. Because now you've taken taken money off the table from me. I can't bet. My my family can't bet, you know, on fights. I need more money to make up for what you're causing me to lose out on by putting these restrictions in place. So it's definitely going to shake up some things. Uh, is it enough to really rock the UFC? No. And if it gets to that level, they'll just reveal it. 
Awesome. Thank you for that voice. All right. Now, when we come back from our uh, uh, sponsorship message from the amazing Ozell brand, uh, we're going to be discussing UFC 280, uh, one on Prime 3, and also uh, Mauricio Lara versus Jose San Martin. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey, how y'all doing? It's Rick Sincere, MTNV Sports. I'm so geeked. I'm here with the founder and the CEO of the Ozell brand, our sponsor, Mr. Titus, Ozell Golden. How you feeling, bro? Man, I'm blessed. How you doing, bro? Man, I'm doing great. Yo, do me a favor. Tell me about what got you started making shoes. Man, it's just crazy. It's just growing up in a type of environment I grew up in, mother getting robbed and shot, me being molested, me not knowing who I was as a as a person, as a man, birthed something in me. I started looking at shoes as a way out in middle school, and God gave me this dream and gave me this vision, and boom, it birthed. Man, I saw these shoes. They're beautiful, they're high quality, and they're at a, a good affordable price, bro. What went into making the shoes? Man, it's just me thinking about the shoes that I love, the shoes that I desire as a kid. Well, my mother couldn't afford it. So it's like, now how can I create a shoe at a good quality at affordable price for other families who actually are currently going through what I went through as a kid? Bro, I heard you can play two sports in them. Are they soccer and football cleats? Yeah, man, they two sport cleats, soccer and football. See, growing up, I played multiple sports, so it was just like bouncing from transition from different shoe to shoe. So, hey, it's two and one, so it's a good deal. Where can people find these shoes, man? Man, you go to ozelbrand.com, follow Ozell Brand on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, but please subscribe on ozelbrand.com, please. Yo, you heard the man, Mr. Titus, Ozell Golden. That's his middle name, yo. Go, <laughs> go out and support this brother. He is doing his thing. Listen, you want to support him. You want to get these shoes on your feet. Look, they're beautiful, remarkable quality, and at an affordable price. Listen, stop what you're doing. Go to Ozell Brand. That's O-Z-E-L-L brand.com today. And welcome back, uh, voice. Are you are you ready to get into these bouts, sir? You know it. All right, let's go. Let's go. So we're gonna start uh, with the one on Prime Video three match, uh, which is actually gonna be for the uh, upcoming uh, bantamweight title bout. Um, this is actually gonna be taking place live October twenty first. Uh, I'm gonna butcher it. Don't um, don't don't because my my finger is over. The, my fingers on the tree. You couldn't even pronounce it either, sir. I, so the, I, I'll, I'll do it. I'll take care of it for from you. From the Agliadia Arena in Malaysia. Now, what? No, no, nope. You heard it the first time, and they heard it the first time. Uh, in the main event, you're gonna have John Lineker verse as he takes on Fabricio Andrade. Um, now, both of these fighters have actually strung together a number of impressive finishes. Uh, Andrade is actually in his uh, 11th, uh, actually, no, his 13th bout. He's 8-2 in MMA, and he's 5-0-1. and And he enters yeah. against, yeah, hold 13. On. I'm sorry, 15. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, hold on. 15? Yeah, 15. 
I read it. No, I read it wrong. I read it wrong, man. You okay, you want to try that? You want to try that again? Listen. Yeah, I, I don't know what the Philly listen, public school system is like. But listen, in, listen. In, I got, all around the world. I got plus two, two is ten. I got two master degrees, sir. Okay, I'm I, I'm mm, allowed to mess up worse. sometimes. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> okay. Yes, you now, you are because you're human. You're allowed to mess up. You know what? <laughs> Andrade has won a seven-fight win streak, which includes five finishes. His last rebounds did not make it out of the first round. Voice, give us your thoughts on this, especially consider can we consider the fact that Lineker is a much more seasoned fighter uh, in compared to Andrade? Yeah, that that's really the key to everything. You have a man in John Hansenstone Lineker taking on. The Wonder Boy, the Brazilian Wonder Boy, uh, in uh, Andrade. Now, I mean, the, the age difference is, is major. I want to say Andrade is like 24, 25. He's 25. And yeah, and Lineker is all of 33, 34, if not a little older than that. So you've got Big Brother for real versus Little Brother. Big Brother has much experience, is the champion has uh i believe challenged for or at least been a perennial challenger for championships in the largest organization that there is in mma uh being the ufc fought a who's who of people and this is the 11th fight for wonder boy now wonder boy uh got his nickname kind of like kind of like the other wonder boy uh though uh the other one, the boy got it from being phenomenal in sport karate. This one, the boy got his name from being phenomenal in kickboxing, which is absolutely wonderful because that means that they're going to stand and bang and somebody's going to go down. Lineker. Yeah. He doesn't really go down. You know, he uh, has, he lost. Yes, he has. Cause he's a man and men lose. Uh, he's got hands of stone, but his head is kind of stone like too. <laughs> His head is kind of stone like too. So um you, you you're going to see them stand and bang, and that's going to be absolutely, absolutely phenomenal. Um again, I think that or I should say the experience definitely goes to Lineker, where in Andrage, you he, he's a wild card. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's five and zero in one, and he's beaten uh, Juan Ilquan, who's like ranked I want to say number three in one. Whereas uh, this is the first title defense for Lineker, who went on to beat their longstanding uh, champion, uh, one of the people who put one on the map in Bibiano Fernandez. How? By knockout, because again, the man is hands of stone. Also defeated Kevin Bellingham by knockout. The only fight that he's had in one that was not a knockout was his fight against Gaffarol. So, again, this should be an action-packed fight. The judges should not be needed in this case. Um, I just don't know. The, the, the there's not enough information out there on uh, Wonder Boy to say what he can do. But again, 
that's a wild card because you don't know what he can do. You just know that since he's been in one championship, he's not lost. And not only has he not lost, uh, kind of like the champ, he stopped all but one of his opponents. He's got a submission in there, though, which is something that that's a, a skill that Lineker doesn't have. And of the losses that Lineker's had and the times that he's been stopped, it's been by submission. So, um, you know, will he use that in this one? If I were him, I'd try. Because <laughs> to <laughs> me, that seems like the uh, closest closest uh, way to victory. However, in his last fight, the stoppage was via liver kick. You know, I don't care how hard your head is. Your liver is another story. Well, I mean, he's definitely coming in full of confidence. He said he plans on adding Lineker to the list of names he's already knocked out. Uh, his last statement was, uh, he don't need to worry about how I prepared. I am ready for this fight. He can sure he can be sure that I'm going to bring a level of fight to him and that I'm ready to knock him out. The talk, it is what it is. I'm not here to say stuff that's not true. I'm just talking facts. I'm a better fighter, and I'm coming to knock him out. Hey. I, I was already going to watch it. Um, I signed up to be in the watch party uh, to get some of the behind the scenes stuff, which I will bring to you all uh, next time we have uh, have a main card, you know, whatever I'm able to get in the watch party. But that makes me want to see it all the more. Definitely. Well, it's 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 going to be an exciting fight, but I'm I'm not sure with this UFC 280 card <laughs> that it's going is going to compare because it's a lot of fireworks in this card. Oh yeah, it, it cannot compare to UFC 280. It it might outdo Laura versus San Martin, but it definitely can't uh what? can't do well, UFC 280. I'm glad you said that because Laura versus San Martin is actually going to be an exciting fight in itself. It'll be taking place uh Saturday, October 22nd in Mexico City. Now, Bronco is actually looking to continue his march uh, towards a featherweight title shot. So he'll be facing the uh, general Jose San Martin in a 10-round bout, uh, which sees San Martin also looking to gain a win for championship gold. And they've actually made their statements in the media also. Now, both fighters are battle-tested. Now, Bronco has faced uh, Josh Warrington twice in great battles. And Sam Mar- San Martin is actually coming off a seven-fight win streak with his last loss uh, happening in June 2018. Um, and, and I believe that was to uh, – is that Emmanuel Navarrete? Navarrete, yeah. Uh, yeah, so you got two battle-tested fighters. They're all, both looking to uh, posture for a featherweight title fight. Voice, what are we looking forward to here? And and who who has the edge when it comes to getting that, fight, that uh, title fight? Well – Here's what I don't understand about uh, Lara. Like you said, he fought and defeated Josh Warrington twice. Josh Warrington was a champion before they fought each time. Josh Warrington's next fight was for the IBF featherweight championship. Why, um, Why Lara does not have the championship? I have no idea. It doesn't make sense to me. How, how do you fight a champion at championship around the champion's weight two times and neither of them be for the belt and nobody miss weight? It just, that doesn't make sense to me. That, that's a head scratcher. So with that being said, um, yeah, th- this should be for a championship. I, if I'm not mistaken, 
uh, Lara was supposed to fight Lee Wood and uh, wasn't able to do so because Lee Wood got hurt. Lee Wood is, I want to say, WBA regular champion. Mm-hmm. And I feel like whoever wins this fight it will be facing Wood uh, whenever he does return. But in my eyes, uh, especially with beating the champ twice, when the champ had the belt, kind of an uncrowned champion. Uh, as far as San Martin is concerned, uh, again, this is supposed to be Lee Wood, not San Martin. So how ready is he for this fight? Granted, it was pushed a month back, so he did have some time to get prepared, but did you have enough time to really get prepared for this? Um, you know, San Martin has been plying his trade almost as long as Lara has, uh, but without the same uh, level of fanfare. Uh, mm-hmm. Like you said, he, I mean, he's he has done well. He got a chance to fight the man, Emmanuel uh, Navarrete, and that was his last loss. And he got knocked out by Navarrete. You know, but since then, he's gone on, won a number of fights, uh, knocked out his last opponent. And uh, as you stated, you know, he hasn't lost since then. That was 2018. Same uh, with Lara. Lara really has not lost since 2018. And if it hadn't been for that uh, that cut in his fight against, um, against Warrington, then you know you'd have yet another win on his uh on his belt so they both of them are bringing quite a bit to the table and lara has more to lose though because again he he very well could and should be champion and uh will will be fighting probably for uh some some title in the very near future yeah, both are incredible fighters in in with their track record. I mean, you can't say enough about uh, losing a fight to such a great fighter and then going on a seven fight win streak. I, I, it doesn't even matter what you feel anything else about him. A seven fight win streak is impressive anywhere, especially when it takes only one punch to get knocked out. So that's definitely going to be exciting. Now, voice mm-hmm. UFC two eighty. Yes, sir. We always talk about how stacked these cards are, but I personally believe this may be one of the great ones. Um, okay. I'm not sure how you feel about it, but even looking at what will possibly be the opening match uh, is actually has actually been added. Uh, more fuel has been added to it as uh, you can now add the number one contender spot for the Bantamweight title. As Dana White announced that the winner between uh, Peter Yan and Sean O'Malley will receive uh, the number one contender shot. Now, this is something that both fighters had actually stated uh, before, but they've done it in the media in probably the most disrespectful ways when talking about each other. So while Yan may be the favorite, O'Malley has stated that he's looking to submit himself. Um, he recently stated, I was trying to be humble, but you're absolutely right. I'm going to beat Peter and I'm going to be the champion. That's what everybody wants. That's what the UFC needs is a champion like me. So, yeah, people 100% right. I'm going to go out there and starch Peter. <laughs> he faced plants on October 22nd in Abu Dhabi on a massive card. And you're pretty accurate in saying not only will I get the title shot, but I'm going to win. Now, <laughs> yeah, meanwhile, recently stated. Uh, about- oh, that's what O'Malley said? Yeah. Okay. Yan went a little step further, I think. He said, I wasn't impressed with his most recent performance, and I want to say it again. I was the one who chose him to fight. He wasn't the one who picked me. I know the UFC really believes in him, and he also believes that stylistically 
it's a good fight for him. But I'm here to disappoint and upset him. Voice, it's it's a lot of fireworks for this to literally be a number one contenders match. Who's who has the advantage here? And what do you think about these statements that they both made? Um they're both pretty spot on in their statements. This is do or die for Sean O'Malley. Oh, you know what? Let me not say that. It's not do or die, but it is put up, shut up time. Sean O'Malley has, you know, been someone that the UFC has pushed from the very first Dana White Contender Series season. He was one of the faces uh, and continues to get so much uh, push and has really built uh, a nice business for himself outside of the UFC uh, with podcasting and uh, uh, Twitch streams and things of that nature. But he's not fought anybody for real. Uh, I'm sorry. Let me take that back. He did fight Cheeto Vera. And he lost. So when he has come up against upper echelon talent, he's proven that he really isn't that dude. Why they would feed him to the former champ who just got done fighting for the title. Like he just lost a split decision against Aljo in his last fight. Why would you put Sean O'Malley ranked number 12 against the number one ranked fighter? Why, why, why would you do that? that? That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. With the exception of this, recently, or I shouldn't say recently, but not too long ago, Dana White messed up and shared what we all knew said he can't pay fighters more because if he does, it keeps him from being hungry and he loses control of the fighters. I.e. look at Conor McGregor. Conor only fights, you know, once a year or so, if that much, and talk about loss of control. Yeah, he lost control of his mind once he got some money. And the UFC doesn't want to do that with anyone else. Every time fighters start making money, they become a problem for them. They don't want to uh, uh, you know, they, they want to dictate terms and things of that nature. Leon Edwards, uh, recently again said, Yes, you know, and and uh, I need a new contract, and this fight's got to be, you know, in the UK. It's like, dude, I don't, I don't know if you've seen what's happened to other people when they've done this, but you know, um, they 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 get humbled and they might get shelled. Feels like and, unnecessary pressure, huh? It feels like unnecessary pressure. Uh, well, you fight to become a champion. And when you become a champion, that's when you start making money for real. So I get why he's saying and the things that he's saying, but he's not paying attention to history. History says, number one, let somebody else do the talking for you. That's what history says. Two, you don't just, you, you fresh off of victory and you're talking out his head like, oh, yeah, and they got to do this. And they don't have to do anything. The UFC is notorious for bringing out an interim belt when an interim belt is not needed. Just to cut down uh, the, 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 the fighter. It's really interesting. And it, this, it proves, you know, what we've known forever is that the UFC can be very uh, counteractive when it comes to promotion. Like they do counter promotions. They talk bad about their fighters. It's like, 
Dana specifically. It's like this is your fighter. You're supposed to promote them, not try to 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 bring them down. But there's a method to the madness. I'm doing all this to keep you from feeling a certain way about yourself so that when it comes time for contracts i can lowball you and keep getting stupid rich rich enough where <laughs> i can give uh somebody 250 dollars in cash and it not be an issue for me that that's nothing but you can't get uh you you begging me for fifty thousand dollars i give five times that much to somebody for their birthday yeah so that you know so that again that's um that's the interesting part about it but again i think he's doing this or i should say the ufc is doing this to bring sean down a pig you know because he's been very vocal it's like until i get a different contract i'm not fighting anybody ranked mm. so they had to keep feeding them the people they fed him and now he's ranked and i guess now he's got a new contract and they're like okay we are sick of you and all this talking. We're really going to bring you down a big. You think you're something? Here's Peter Young. The, the cat who's been destroying everybody. Here's Peter Young. Well, the, the, you know, I, I still remember him bouncing all those head off the canvas with elbows. Here's Peter Young. Because you know, O'Malley cracks, but he's, his background is, is jujitsu. All right, yeah. You, we He can take it to the ground and he can kill you. All those jujitsu and uh, takedown defenses world class, you know. So yeah, it's uh, and um, and he was dominating Aljo, who's jujitsu and wrestling is world class. Before he was stupid and need him in the head when he was down. So yeah, you okay? You you really think you something? Let, let's bring you down a peg and have uh, Jan just destroy you. Well. <laughs> we will we will definitely see the way you described it it sounds like it's a it's a potential set, setup so we'll see how that plays out now i, I want to ask a question about this next one is it is it possible for a cold main event to be a show stealer oh yeah okay so I, i'm gonna pick this fight i believe this fight may be a show stealer for two reasons they have destroyed each other within the media and they seem to be just bent on just tearing each other apart. Now, what I'm talking about is bantamweight champion, the Funk Master, which I love that nickname. <laughs> He'll be taking on TJ Dillashaw. Now, they've created enough headlines in the media for you to realize that this uh, is actually very personal <laughs> between the two. From Sterling's claim that he already knows that Dillashaw will be souped up and prepared mm-hmm. to cheat to win in the up- upcoming bout, to Dillashaw literally stated that he plans to break Sterling and calling him everything from a boring fighter to not being well-rounded. Now, uh, fight fans will remember that Dillashaw was forced to relinquish the 135-pound belt uh, after a positive drug test in January 2009, and this resulted in a two-year suspension. But Dillashaw has maintained not only his innocence, but has stated that uh, uh, he had never used performance-hancing drugs outside of that lone incident. <laughs> so with both fighters looking to make a statement and with the statements that they've made, it's worth noting that Sterling is one victory away from tying Dillashaw for victories in the UFC bantamweight division. Mm. Boys, I, I got to get your breakdown on this. What do you feel about this? And it, is, is Dillashaw right that he's going to break Sterling? Well, Dillashaw is right to say that he's going to break Sterling 
because we know that fights start before you get into or on whatever the field of combat is it begins with mental warfare so he wants to he wants to, to kind of jab at Aljo who really uh, is like the Rodney Dangerfield of the UFC like he gets no respect talked about how things were going with the, the, the sponsorships and stuff before he has been fighting with the UFC forever over what money because that's what uh, everyone fights with the UFC over however because of that they've done a lot of discrediting of Aljamain Sterling it doesn't help that as I talked about in the last fight that uh, Piotr Jan lost the title by kneeing Aljo in the head he was disqualified that made uh, Aljamain the champion and I mean they act like Aljamain did something dirty to get the belt they talked about that man so bad you're not the champion you're not a real champ blah 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 like he asked the man to knee him in the head like he grabbed his knee and kneed himself in the head with it no that was Piotr Jan's doing now the the people were upset because like I said Jan was killing Aljo in that fight it allowed him though to go back make the changes necessary and come back and win Uh, a split decision it wasn't a clean decision it was a split decision but i think the right person got it um but again all these things have been going on aljo has been the underdog forever so to chip away at whatever confidence he does have by saying i'm going to well i mean come on these are fighters and this is not one championship one championship they uh they really pride themselves on the bushido spirit hey this is a martial contest. I'm going to come in and I'm going to do my best against you. You're going to do your best against me and we're going to see who's the victor. No, this is the UFC. This is America. You talk nonsense. You you talk head. You you know, you you talk smack. So, he's doing what you're supposed to do. Uh, you know, he doesn't train to say, you know, I I'm I'm hoping to win in this fight or, you know, if I if I have a good showing, I'll be satisfied. No, you go in there to win. So, he's supposed to say I'm going to destroy you. But let's not remember, forget, I should say, that TJ Dillashaw won a split decision in his last fight, too. Mm-hmm. And most people, present company included, believe that he lost that fight. Like, I don't even know how he got the split decision against San Hagen. It was so bad that, you know, who was next to fight for the, uh, for the title, for the interim title? Corey Sanhagen. He oh. fought against Peter Young. Uh, for the interim title because Aljo was was out hurt. It wasn't the person who won in TJ Dillashaw. That's how bad of a decision it was. Um, You know, so we'll see. I mean, TJ's old. He's not on the dope anymore. Like, I never took it before. You a lie. Ooh, you lie. You lie like a dog. You lie like a rug. People in Team Alpha Male, specifically the former bantamweight champ who <laughs> who TJ knocked out on multiple occasions, uh, but uh, um, uh, Cody knocked him out, yeah, many, many times. But anyway, he said, look, we know you've been doing EPO. Like, he talked about it before it came out. After he left, he was like, yeah, you know, taking those shots, you know, you're behind, so forth and so on. Come on, man. Come on, and then what happened? 
you got popped for something that you can only get by taking shots. Mm. No, I, I only did it once. Why are you doing it? Well, I, you, and here's the thing. He was already the champion when he was doing all this. He was trying to get the 125-pound championship. And much of the way that he beat people was his pressure uh, uh, during fights. How are you able to pressure people? Or I should say, you're able to pressure people a whole lot more when you got something that's giving you energy that your that your opponent doesn't have. Well, I mean, two years is a long time to come out and to be this sure of yourself. So hopefully he comes out. I mean, this is a co-main well, event. Hold so on. Can... What, wasn't Albert Pujols really, really sure this year? As old as he was? Well, I don't, I don't know. I don't know nothing about that. You know about that. I don't, you I know don't, about that. I don't know nothing about and, that. And and and, uh, and just because y'all beat us, don't mean y'all not gonna lose. Can't wait for y'all to lose, so, so you can get taken down. Ooh, I can. I can. I can feel <laughs> that hate in the room. That 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 shine on your head is starting to turn red from from enemy good, sir. But it's okay. It's okay because you know what? You just like uh, envy. The envy. Envy. Red with envy. Red, red with envy. You ain't never heard that before. No. See, green. That's because you. That's because green. You know. Green with envy. No, never, red. Not red. No, red with envy because red is of the devil. Uh, but we're not worried about that because you know what? Just like the Phillies in the co-main event, Charles Oliveira. The in the what? <laughs> like in the co-main event, y'all. You ain't gotta keep scratching and doing all that. So, you know so uh, go ahead. Th- this is this is what happens when somebody produces and they they got a lot of hateration in their system. Now, <laughs> Charles has actually vowed to finish off <laughs> his opponent early as he set to face Islam uh, Mukashev for the lightweight championship this Saturday uh, in the co-main event. Now, really? I said it right, man. You trying to get me to say it again so I can flub it? I'm not gonna do you, it. You already flubbed it. I didn't flub. There, there's no O in the man's name, and definitely not it a double. Your name. You said you said Mukashev. That's how I think. You I think you. I think you. You're auditory, auditorily. Sir, no, sir, sir, sir. You can go back and watch YouTube videos. I'm going based off the YouTubers and not you, sir. Okay, because I know you flub. Okay. Anyway, before I, 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 you, uh, stop before I was interrupted, ooh, looking crazy. Go ahead. Before I was interrupted, let's remember that Charles is actually on an eleven fight win streak, and he's coming off back to back submission wins over uh, is it uh, I believe uh, Justin Gagey? Yes, uh, Dustin uh, Poirier. Yeah, Dustin Poirier. Yes, Poirier. Um, in his last fights, in his last four fights. He's defeated Tony Tony Ferguson and also Michael Chandler, uh, along with those two, and they were all title bouts. Now, uh, Mukashev, meanwhile, is on a 10-fight win streak in the UFC and has landed at least one takedown. <laughs> That's how you pronounce his name. I'm not about to do this, you say. landed. No, that's how they... I told you stop listening to Google. Google, Boys, hey, y'all looking crazy. Boys, I I went to YouTube and I listened to the fight, sir. Okay, okay. I'm I'm well, from you, the you need to you need I'm, to watch the, the UFC fight, Philly, not the UCF uh, fight, sir. I'm from the hoods in North Philly. I don't know no Eastern European people when I was growing up uh, that had these difficult names. Okay, 
So I don't know nothing about that. Now he's on a 10 fight win streak in the UFC. He's actually landed at least one takedown in nine of his last 12 UFC appearances. So voice in this major main event where uh, Charles is actually a heavy favorite. What do we have to look forward to in this fight? And does Islam have, have any chance of winning? Okay. So if Oliver is a heavy favorite, then things have changed. The betting line has changed quite a bit because uh, things were first favored to be uh, for, for Islam. So I saw yesterday it was favored for Islam, and then I saw today in, in, on two different websites, uh, Olivier was actually the heavy favorite. So I don't know if there was a major change in between that time, but I'm sure it, it could probably change again unless I was looking on a different a different yeah, site. A whole lot of money had to come in uh, for, for that to happen because that's been one of the things that has really been questionable about this fight is how people <laughs> are just so Islam. I mean, people have crowned him the champion mm-hmm. for quite some time. You know, it, it really pretty much ever since his uh, his mentor said that Islam is next. Everyone has believed Islam is next. And his mentor is Habib Nurmagomedov. So, you know, people are like, yes, he's the heir apparent to Habib. This is the reason why the fight is taking place in Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi is the last place where Habib fought. And Habib really helped the UFC with making inroads into the uh, uh, the Muslim community, so they're just doing it again. Hey, International Fight Week, let's get us another uh, good Muslim uh, possible champion and give him an opportunity to get this championship. Because really, Benil Dariush, who is fighting on the next to the curtain jerker of the main card, should be the one fighting for the championship. He's like uh, Dil- uh, not Dillashaw, but uh, Aljo, and he doesn't get a whole lot of respect either. Anyway, I digress. Um, Islam has some phenomenal skills, but just like Habib, he hadn't fought anybody. Before Habib fought for the title, he he really hadn't fought anyone. Now, granted, it wasn't his fault. Same thing with Islam. It wasn't his fault. Islam was supposed to fight Dariush, and Dariush got hurt. Islam was supposed to fight uh, 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 Dos Anjos and Rafa got hurt. So it's not that he hasn't had the opportunity or that he doesn't want to face the best people. I mean, we, we know that Habib was set up to face Tony Ferguson like four times and three of them are, were not like for the title or two or three of them weren't for the title. So just like Habib, he's been slated to fight the best but those things haven't happened. Now, when he did fight for the title, Habib, and he beat um, uh, Aljo's teammate, I can't think, uh, Eli Quinta, which that was all crazy. That was a whole uh, UFC 222 where kind of threw the, the dolly and messed everything up. But um, he fought him, he won, and he just kept cruising. Islam is a lot like Habib in his style and everything, but Islam's lost. Not only has Islam lost, he got knocked out. And that was early in his UFC career. A lot of people lose early. So, you know, that's not a a slight against him. But really, this is uh, Habib Tony Ferguson 2.0. 
who has more submissions in UFC history but Oliveira? No one. Mm-hmm. And because of that, he has if he if he's not the bonus winner, he's like number two. So where does Islam thrive on the ground? Is uh Oliveira gonna be scared to go on the ground? No. Like you said, his last two victories were via submission. And uh, you know, he, he's faced diversity. And and in both of those fights, got knocked down, got hurt. Looked like he was out of it, like like the last three fights, because I thought Chandler was going to be the champion, and then he came back, and it seems like he's done that time and time again. So you can't count the uh, former champ because he lost on the scales last time, but you can't count him out. And it's like Taylor made, uh, you know, everyone's scared for Islam to take them down. Charles lives on the ground. He came in as a Brazilian jiu-jitsu specialist and really made his name as such he just started hurting people recently with his strikes <laughs> right so yeah it, it's it's it, it really you know uh befuddled me that they were like oh yeah 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 islam 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 i was like yeah i feel like Oliveira is a is 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 not that dude i guess he's got got to show people again now uh can islam win absolutely mm. if he does what he's been doing, he will run through him and uh, begin his reign as champion. He could be as big as Habib uh, if he goes on to win. Yeah, because you are correct. I mean, longer. Go ahead. You are correct. I am actually showing that. And this is actually different from, from yesterday as far as uh, the betting spread that uh, uh, Islam is actually the slight favorite here. But, you know, what I'm actually seeing is that many people are calling him the future, and there's only a two-year difference between them. Mm, yeah, uh, and they, they're uh, they calling him the future because because of Habib. He really is getting uh, that, that halo effect from Habib, and they believe he's the heir apparent, and Habib was unstoppable, and he's going to be unstoppable just like Habib, even though he's been stopped. And not just stopped, he got stopped in the UFC. Right. So uh, you know, but the these are the narratives that we we tell ourselves, and the only thing that can possibly change the narratives because uh, we fight fans can be delusional. Uh, so the only thing that possibly can change the narrative is what goes on when uh, the pin drops, the cage door locks, the thumbs go up, and they start the clock. Well, there you have it. I voice is an MC. Uh, this episode, so I'm I'm going to accept it. Uh, so as you know, we were, we prepared you for an amazing, amazing weekend uh, of combat sports. This UFC uh, card it has the potential to be an all time great uh, voice. I appreciate you again for providing us with uh, your foolishness <laughs> and your knowledge uh, as we end the show. Voice, take us out and give us one last word, sir. Hey, well, uh, I'm looking forward to. Uh, all the fights that are coming up this weekend and next week. Oh my goodness. Whew. Anderson Silva and, and, and uh, Jake Paul. Um, so, um, it's just too many fights. I, I forget all the rest. It was like five different fight cards. It's crazy. I can't wait for next week. Uh, Bellator is going to be in action. UFC is going to be in action. It's, it's, uh, it's going to be a busy, busy weekend. Uh, but we've got a wonderful weekend just before that. 
Awesome, awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, as we head out, make sure that you are subscribing to MTNV Sports. Uh, we have some amazing, amazing individuals, some amazing shows. We also got writers now, so if you go on, on the website, you're bound to see some, some great articles up there. Uh, you can catch us as you see us now uh, every Tuesday night, 7.15 Eastern Standard Time. Uh, it's your man, Wildress, you know what I'm saying? Undefeated again, you know what I'm saying? Huh. I'm, out here, I'm out here saying names that nobody can pronounce and, you know, I'm being slandered for, but that's what greatness does. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm here. I, with I told you our fight fans are delusional, right? I'm here with the man, the myth, the legend, the voice. Thank you for tuning in. Have a wonderful week. We're out. Keep it locked right here. You are listening to MTMB Sports.